You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today we have on Dan Schultz from Cuddy Back to talk about their Cuddy Link system. And I will say it's an intriguing uh, concept. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just I, I hunt a lot of river bottom ground that has no cell phone type of, I guess, ac- uh, uh, coverage. So when he tells us on this episode today that you don't necessarily need cell phone coverage to get uh, have this link system work, you just need to have basically the, the main uh, camera or the home base camera, whatever that term is, in cell phone range. It's uh, it's kind of a, a cool concept, and I'm going to let Dan kind of talk all about the birth of the Cuddy Link system, uh, uh, how it's evolved, and uh, who their demographic is, and, and all that stuff, like all the, the trials and tribulations that they kind of went through to get this thing off the ground and running. Um, that's it really um do me a favor if you like the hunting gear podcast go to itunes subscribe uh to uh, on itunes or wherever you download your podcast follow us on instagram and facebook under the nine i don't have any social uh, social platforms specifically for uh the hunting gear podcast but nine finger chronicles sportsman's nation instagram and facebook go to itunes leave a review that kind of stuff and then uh we gotta do some commercials real quick so I've been working with this company called The Average Conservationist. They are a lifestyle uh, brand. They sell t-shirts, hoodies, hats, all that good stuff. And um, I love their their con- their uh, their logos, their t-shirts, their hoodies. Right now, my favorite t-shirt is the Euro T. It's got an elk Euro, uh, Euro mount on it. It's got a mule deer Euro mount on it and a white tail Euro mount on it. 
Uh, when it's cold out, I'll throw on the compass hoodie and uh, I top it off with the general hat. That general hat just is, is badass. But I'm kind of pissed because my boy, he was wearing it the other day and now I can't find it. So uh, I might have to use my pole and have him send me another one. But, uh, you know, go to theaverageconservationist.com, check it out. And here's something cool, though. They give 10% of all of their earnings to either a local, state, or national conservation effort. So right off the top, they're giving 10% of their earnings to conservation. And a lot of companies aren't doing that. So uh, kudos to these guys, and that's one of the reason, uh, reasons why I'm working with them. Uh, the second uh, is one of my favorites, dude. It is Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. Like I always say, I'm a huge fan of the four sticks and the assault. It's it's small, it's lightweight, it's compact, it's quiet to, when you set up, it's quiet when you tear down, and it allows you to get in any tree, any tree. Uh, not just a straight up and down tree like a lot of these uh, hang-ons and stick systems need in order to be hung up. Um, lots of branches, no problem. Uh, crooked, no problem. The the tree stand itself has a uh, like a it, it, it's the design allows you to balance the platform and the uh, and the seat. So if the tree's leaning one way or the other, you can balance, uh, you can adjust it. So you're sitting straight, no back problems, or you know leaning against the tree and all that good stuff. So. That is Lone Wolf, and if you want to, if you're, go to their website, and what is it, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com, and you decide to make a purchase, enter the discount code 9FC21, that is 9FC21, and you can save $50 off of all purchases over $200, that's a, that's a good one there. Oh, and the average conservationist, NFC10 for 10% off, uh, I didn't say that, and Hunt Stand is the next one here uh first off just go to huntstand.com it's one of the most popular um i guess hunting apps that there are digital mapping the uh, ability to uh, let you document data on the properties that you have access to and there's a whole bunch like i can sit here and read you know and tell you there's a dozen base maps to choose from uh it shows you property ownership information 3d mapping local weather information numerous map objects right but it's the functionality in the field where this really this really helps so you're you're walking around the the woods like i was this past weekend setting up trail cameras mark them so i don't forget where they're at uh run across uh, some old rubs or an old scrape um or an awesome pinch point you mark that on the map uh you you're driving down the road you see a big buck in a field uh you pull up your app say okay John Jones lives there. I'm going to go knock on John Jones' door and I'm going to see if he has anybody hunting his property, right? It's, it's that kind of information that allows you to be successful in the field. And the more information you have, the you know the more chances you're going to have to be successful. So huntstand.com, go check it out. And I think it's like 30 bucks for a whole year. So that's a big win compared to some of the other uh, uh products that are out there on the market so there's that i've paid my bills now i can just push you right on into the episode with dan schultz of cuttyback all right on the phone with me today mr dan schultz from cuttyback how you doing man i'm doing great thank you uh thank you for the opportunity to talk to you today yeah absolutely man so how's your summer going so far 
Uh, it's going good. It's uh, it's been a wacky one up. Uh, we're up here in Wisconsin. Um, we've had uh, when it's hot, it's been or uh, when it's supposed to be hot, it's been cold. And when it's supposed to be cold, it's been hot. And when it's <laughs> been dry, it's been, we've the weather has been kind of erratic. It was dry for a long shot, and then we had about nine inches of rain in one week. So you know, just trying to survive the weather at this point. Yeah, I feel that. What uh, uh, what part of the state are you guys located out of? Uh, we're up by Green Bay. Uh, I personally live about 35 minutes south of there, but uh, the company uh, Cuddyback is just outside of Green Bay. Gotcha. Okay. So um, Cuddyback, man, it's kind of funny. I If there's one brand that I can remember from early on consuming you know, just about any type of content, whether it was reading in a magazine or watching uh, tell, you know, the the your standard back in the early 2000s watching the the hunting channel and all the hunting shows was the cutty back trail camera and the in the commercials that were on it very simple commercials very straight to the point commercials but for some reason the cutty back you know like that of all the other commercials that are out there that one was absorbed and uh, so i always remember you know Cutty back and and uh, the, and those commercials from back in the day. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Uh, Mark Cutty back, the owner um, and and you know the guy behind the brand, um, had a hunting property up in northern Wisconsin that he would go hunt. And uh, you know he only had a couple weeks off a year, so he needed to try to find a better way to do it efficiently. Ultimately, came up with the idea of the trail camera and. Back in 1989, uh, launched Cuddyback. Now there was some other camera companies that launched at that same time. So we, I don't know that we can say Cuddyback was the first. Uh, yet Cuddyback's the only one that survived from that day. So when you look at a long-standing brand, uh, continue to be the oldest trail camera company out there, just you know clicking along and uh, certainly bringing out new technology at this point. But that's what uh, was the driving force back in the day. Yeah, and it's been a it, it has literally been a crazy ride for trail cameras. I get excited about this kind of stuff because I can remember taking the you know saving up enough money to buy my very first trail camera with like the 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 huge D batteries, and I think it needed six of those, and then it needed film. Right. So that was my first. And I think that was a Moultrie from way back in the day. So you would leave it out for about a week. And the film you had was like, I don't know, 35 pictures if you, you know, paid for the expensive film. And then you had to go, you know, you, you waited a week, you go and check it and then uh, you, you check it and it's just like a tree branch all 35 pictures is a tree branch blowing in the wind. So you get a little, you get a little frustrated, but when it comes to, Cutty back, like walk us through the evolution of this company, where it started, you know, and, and kind of how it's come to where it is today. Yeah, so like I said, Mark, uh, he grew up in Park Falls, Wisconsin, which is way to the north. And, uh, you know, back in the day when you had that big timber country like that, you know, it's not like hunting down in a farm area, right, where the deer tend to have certain paths they cross uh, up there in that big timber country they walk anywhere right and so uh he was trying to come up with a way to assist 
identifying, you know, maybe where the deer were congregating or what trails they might use so that, you know, he would have a better opportunity to try to harvest the deer on the uh, amount of vacation time that he had. He was living in Milwaukee, and so that was a good, you know, five, six-hour drive there to the property that he hunted and, uh, you know, was just trying to do that more efficiently. And so, uh, you know, like you said, he came up with some trail monitoring stuff, and as we know, Back in the day, there was, you know, string that would get uh, triggered and maybe that would do it. Then they came out with the film camera, right, like you talked about. And you'd have to, you know, wait and then go get the the film and then get that uh, processed. And you'd pay maybe an expedited processing fee to only figure out you had, you know, all these pictures of nothing or whatever. And then, you know, obviously the cameras took a big jump. Uh, forward when they got to the point where they went um, digital, meaning that now they were saving onto a SD card, right? A, a transferable media that you could uh, access on your own and look at your pictures. That was massively helpful in the trail cam process where they made it more efficient for folks. Um, and then ultimately, uh, back in uh, like 2018, I think it was, maybe 17. Um, yeah, 17, I guess. Uh, then Mark came up with the concept of Cuddy Link. So, you know, it was great that when the cameras went digital, you could access that on your own, but you had to go pull the card at the camera. And the idea was that, you know, while you did that, unfortunately, you're educating the deer, right? And some of the cameras, maybe you wanted to put them in a bedding area or deeper in the property, and now you're walking way through the property and educating deer. So the concept was, Hey, I'm going to now take camera, uh, the camera world to another step forward. And so we brought a cutty link where the cameras talk to each other and they send the pictures back to a home. And so the user would put the home camera in a less obtrusive area, go pull that single card and have all the pictures from all the rest of the cameras. Um, you know, then a couple of years later, as the cellular technology started to advent, um, you know, now, the user can not only get these pictures more uh, real time, but now in the case of the Cuddy Link, these remote cameras send back to home camera, the home camera emails or texts, or you know you can view online multiple ways to view the pictures. But now the user can see those pictures from multiple cameras uh, coming almost real time. Right? It's not exactly real time in the way that it works, but there's you know it's almost real time. So you're getting more data. You're not obtruding into the uh, into the area where the animals are. And, you know, the way that it works with Cuddy Link is you have one cell plan that controls all the rest of the cameras. So it's not breaking the bank in the process for the user either. So, um, you know, and that's where we are today where, you know, really uh, you can share the pictures, you can get them, and, uh, you know, it makes it for a really great experience because not only are people – wanting to monitor maybe deer, but they might want to monitor, you know, security at their property or, you know, they may just enjoy wildlife and be wanting to see things like, you know, coyotes and ducks and squirrels and raccoons and whatever they might want to watch. So it uh, makes for a lot of enjoyment for a lot of folks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of my favorite things to do throughout the process of hunting, right? You know, like serious whitetail guys, for, for example, or even any big game guy is just this, this 365 days of 
doing your passion, you know, learning about your passion, finding out, you know, scouting, shed hunting, uh, hunting, you know, uh, all that stuff. And checking trail cameras has always been one of my favorite, absolute favorite things to do because it's like, you know, just like these kids, they watch these videos on YouTube where it's just another person opening a box. That's kind of what, that's kind of what checking your trail cameras is like. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, on on your trail cameras and you're always hoping that there's this big dog just you know cruising your property and it and with big velvet antlers and then you know you have this these daydreams about hunting him and so i can see how a trail camera picture is just you know a, a trail camera is just more than just a picture you know it, it provides all these other things that you can think about and do yeah i mean for like I said, for a lot of people, that daily uh, process of getting those pictures now makes them feel really connected, right, to yeah. their property. And uh, you know, and, and I know obviously, you know, you've got people that don't like hunters, and you know, the reality is a lot of these hunting type folks, uh, like myself and you, you know, it's you care about those animals and you're interested in them. And uh, when you have a classic animal that's on the property, you have a lot of respect for that animal. You know, yes, you are trying to come up with a strategy on how you can maybe outwit them, but uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, last year on one of the properties I have, uh, we had a very nice buck that was on there. We did not shoot that deer; someone else did. But just seeing him on camera, you know, day after day after day, it was exciting and fun. And it was a real bummer once he was shot because reality was then we didn't get any more pictures of him, you know, and so. Um, but there's, when you look through the course of a year, you know, you have kind of the, the winter months where you're kind of keeping track of, you know, he has a deer hanging in there and then, you know, the fawns start to drop. And then, you know, next thing you know, the bucks are starting to grow some velvet and then they kind of move on. But throughout that time, you also have a lot of other animals that are interacting. The bears come out of their dens in areas where there's bear and, you know, you'll see some predators, right? Uh, coyotes yeah. or wolves or things. And um, you just see a lot of fun stuff. And, you know, you just don't know. It's almost like, you know, you never know what you're going to wake up to. And um, uh, that's what makes it fun for people. I had to pull a camera down. One of my personal cameras I pulled down because there's some loggers logging the area. And uh, decided to put it in my backyard because it's on a solar panel. I felt it was better for the panel to continue to stay charged. And uh, lo and behold, last night I got a picture of a of a uh, coyote in my neighborhood. Now I didn't know that any coyotes were in my neighborhood, so um, you know that's kind of like what it is on a big scale out at the property where it's in the wild, you know. So uh, just a lot of fun, and uh, you never know what you're going to wake up to. So it, it definitely, you know, there's a lot of guys who talk about that. Oh man, I can't wait to wake up in the morning and, and check my phone, you know, and just see what's on there. So. Um, it's, uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, when, when Cuddy back said, Hey man, I, I got this idea for this, uh, Cuddy link system, right? It's just, it's just an idea at this point. It's not, it's not anything that you can hold or touch or even test. What was, what was some of the, uh, the thought process that was going through the company at that point in order to make this idea, somewhat of a reality yeah i mean you know when you venture off into a new thing like that 
uh, it's exciting, right? Because you get a lot of people like, hey, you know, we got this idea. How do we take trail cameras that are already a big part of people's hunting strategies now, but go to the next level? So what's the negative with the trail camera? Okay, the, the negative is you have to walk this route on your property to go pull all these cards and uh, get this intel. And so there was some folks that, that only did that in rainy weather, or there was some folks that ran cameras prior to season, but then stopped because they didn't want to, you know, intrude on the animal. And then others just kept doing it. And yeah, they probably were, you know, educating the deer, but didn't understand, you know, why they weren't seeing anything during the daylight hours when they were hunting. And so that problem, those group of problems were there for people. And, you know, Mark said, Hey, Let's let's attack that. And like I said, it's exciting. Now, at the same time, while it's exciting, it's also scary because anytime you do something new that no one else is doing and you venture out, you know, you don't know how it's going to be received and you don't know for sure how it's going to work and how you're going to do that. And so there was definitely a lot of trials and tribulations along the way of trying to figure this out. Um, You know, we're using radio technology, which anyone that's used you know, handheld radios know that they don't always work the best all the time. And so, um, you know, just like that, we had to figure out how to transfer the photo from this remote camera to a home camera or through another camera to get back to the home camera. And, you know, that's fairly technologically challenging stuff that had to occur. But uh, perseverance paid off. And, um, you know, now, like I said, we're in like the fifth year of Cuddy Link being around and, um, you know, we've got a lot of users that obviously believe in the technology and understand the power that it can bring uh, to their hunting experience. Yeah. So I'm no stranger to uh, using cell cams, right? I, I have a handful myself that I use throughout a season. And the, the the downfall to just a regular cell cam is I also hunt a lot of river bottom ground where I do not get cell phone service right? And if you can't get cell phone service, you can't get cell cam service. So that's always an issue that, uh, that, you know, cell cams have now with, with, uh, the the Cuddy link system, it sounds like if used properly, you might be able to get away with using the Cuddy link system, um, through the, the linking of these cameras to kind of solve that problem. So just kind of walk us through how, the Cuddy Link system actually works. Yeah. So, uh, you know, once we went to the cellular technology, which in today's environment, obviously you've got a big transition uh, to those style cameras uh, because of the immediacy, right? So you take your home camera, you go to the property, and, and while most properties, you know, a lot of the hunting properties obviously are remote, they may not have great cell service out in that area there's usually somewhere on the property where you can find, you know, some kind of signal could be a higher point on the, uh, on the property could be a little bit more open point on the property. Um, and so with Cuddy link, if I can get that Cuddy link cellular unit connected to the network and verify that I'm sending emails, then I can take the remote cameras and place them in places where we have no cell service. So it could be across a river where it's difficult to get to. It could be down in a lower area like what you're talking about. And so I place that remote camera in these areas where I do not have cell service. 
and I run a, a link test to make sure that they're talking to my home camera or talking to my home camera through another camera. And as long as I do that, um, that remote camera is going to send it, its pictures back to the home camera, and then that home camera will transmit those images via the cellular service uh, to my phone. So it gives you a lot of flexibility in that, um, you know, I don't now have to worry so much about what kind of coverage is on my property as long as I can get one unit attached. And um, so, you know, that definitely is a big plus. Uh, no doubt in some places in, you know, we've got some cameras out in Ridge Country in western Wisconsin or, you know, we've got some mountain folks out west in, in the western states where those cameras are legal um, to where they're, you know, putting that camera up, uh, up high and then they put the remote cameras down low and they transmit up and they send the pictures and they're getting all the intel and enjoying, you know, whatever it is they're trying to monitor. Yeah. Let's talk about range. Um, what is the max range on something like this? And what what uh, influences the the range that one of these cameras can or cannot have? Sure. So the uh, the way you run the, the test, the camera, each remote camera has what's called a link level. And you, you know, go ahead and pull that up and then you can move around, walk further away, walk closer um, from a camera and monitor that range. And you just want to kind of keep a, a level. We set a ceiling level of 20. It starts off at 99. That's the maximum. And, uh, you know, obviously goes down where it's not talking anymore, but we like to have a cutoff of about 20 because that gives us some leeway. It gives us some leeway for environmental factors that come into play. Things like fog, fog will knock down the signal with the moisture in the air, uh, humidity will knock down the signal some. Uh, this time of year when everything's green and growing, um, you know, you'll see that the signal levels will be deterred. But, you know, as we get later in the fall, um, so if a guy puts out his cameras in July and he has them working now, they're going to only work better when we get into October, November, when they care about them the most because the humidity levels are down across the U.S., uh, the green stuff is not as green anymore. Your, your things, product plants are browning out and drying up, and so that helps. But if we talk about range, um, you know, if I'm in thick, thick timber, it's going to be maybe a quarter mile between the cameras. Um, but now I can daisy chain off of that camera to the next camera. But it depends on what that is. I mean, you're talking about low-lying, thick stuff. That's going to be a quarter mile. If it's open... And when I say open, I don't mean that it has to be an open field. Uh, it could be open, meaning that you may have a mature forest where, you know, the branches are up above your head and they're maybe, you know, 15 feet in the air or something and down at the ground level, there's not a lot of cover. That signal will go quite a ways. Um, you know, if you're in uh, things like pine trees, if they're uh, uh, ever like a Christmas tree farm, it's not going to go as far because they're they're lower. However, it will still go further than if it was like truly just, you know, if you needed to walk through with a machete to get through, that's going to be the quarter mile or, you know, maybe right at that cutoff of that quarter mile. When we start getting any kind of openness at all, now the signal is going to go further. And we have, we have people that are in, you know, more field edges or open areas where they may get a mile or they may get two miles. In between, um, in in between two cameras. Yeah. Yeah, wow. for sure. And, you know, there's no doubt that if the 
if one of the cameras is higher and it's going down, that you know, they really go along. I mean, that's when they're going to maximize uh, that distance. And like I said, we've had some folks uh, show us uh, where they're getting, you know, two miles. But let's say that generally speaking, 400 yards to one mile is the range that we would talk where most people are going to be able to get somewhere between that, depending upon the terrain and depending upon the foliage, right? And so hills will make a difference. We can't go through a hill. We'd have to put, if you wanted uh, two cameras on each bottom side of the hill, you'd have to put a camera on top to kind of get it to go up up and over. Um, You know, if you have a depression or something, again, you'd have to put a camera there to kind of bridge the gap. Um, but you know, that just, it, it's, there's not any kind of terrain or foliage that we can't work around. You just might have to deploy a few more cameras in certain areas to make sure that they stay connected and are talking. Okay. All right. So this with, with these trail cameras constantly talking back and forth to each other and potentially the very end trail camera on this daisy chain that we're talking about feeding back the main camera that uh, eventually sends the uh the picture to the the cell phone or the email address or whatever how what's the battery life like because i've i've heard that this system goes through batteries pretty quickly yeah so you know the reality is that uh you know, because Link is talking, it does use more battery. I mean, that's the benefit of the system, right, that allows it to work and do what the user wants, which is to cover all these areas and not go to them and get the pictures from those cameras remotely without going to them. That comes with a cost, the cost being, you know, a little more battery life, obviously, usage. Um, and so, you know, I don't deploy any of my cameras without having some kind of an external battery pack, whether it's a... Uh, If it's in the timber, I'll use a 60 external battery pack. Those sell for $20 to end user. Um, But it's a worthy investment because now my camera, you know, I lengthen the amount of time that can run by quite a bit. Uh, We also have solar offerings. And so if a user wants, if they've got good sun, they can get four to six hours of sun, a field edge or food plot or something. You know, I've got a camera that's been out uh, 850-some days, and I've not changed the battery. So now we're getting close to that three-year mark, right? And so, um, you know, we certainly can address uh, how to deal with that. Um, and, and if the user does, then they truly can have uh, what we're talking about here, where they can run all season long, not go to the camera, get all the pictures, And, you know, yeah, there'll be a a little bit additional investment to do that. um, But, you know, the reward of that and what you can, you know, see more daytime activity by staying out of that hunting area, you know, we hear users say, hey, it's worth it, right? And so, but you do need to have a plan. You want to have a power strategy. We make a 9-volt or 12-volt battery adapter so they can connect if they've got access to bigger batteries they can try that so we offer a ton of different options for addressing the power but i would say in most cases unless they live on the property or they're using feeders or they got to go out there anyway yeah they should probably deploy some kind of a power option so that they can stay away from the camera and get the intel they want gotcha all right so um battery packs you know, expand the life there. The solar uh, option expands the life there. Now, let's just say you got uh, 
four of the cell cams connected to one of the you know the the main uh the main camera the the home base so to speak how from okay. from a the time it takes to, for a picture when, once it's taken to and I know there's probably some settings that uh um you have the option to set through but if uh, we're talking real time now from the end camera takes a picture to the time it ends up on your phone or to your email address or however it, it, it's set up. Um, what's that time frame like? Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend. Um, so what happens is, uh, you know, when you look at how CuddyLink works, if, if I had a standalone cellular unit, I can take the picture and I can have it come back immediately. Okay. But when I use the remotes now that are going to use the Cuddy Link, the radio network to send back to the home, the way that it works is that the home camera calls out to the remote cameras uh, every so often, all right, and says, hey, do you have any pictures? Yes. Okay, send them over. Do you have any pictures? No. Okay, great. Go back to sleep. And then the user can program the cellular unit to uh, uh, to send as frequent as they like. And so... Uh, the common choice for our users is one hour. And so now, you know, that camera is going to check in with the remotes. Uh, hey, do you have any pictures? Yes, send them over. Okay. So essentially, you could be waiting an hour, but the reality is that that camera may not have taken the picture an hour ago. It might have taken a picture 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so you yeah. may get the camera, you know, 10 minutes ago, right? And there's additional settings that we offer. So, you know, you've got people that have security needs that they need to monitor an area closer, you know, more quickly. Or uh, maybe you've got a buck that he's kind of working a camera or two um, more often and you want to really keep track. You know, there are some priority options that we have available to where a user can probably get their, you know, even with the one hour setting could potentially get the, the picture within about 15 minutes. Um, but it just, it's just going to depend, right? Because, uh, you know, and it's one of those things that personally I th I'm okay with the delay because as you start to see some of the Western states squeeze on, you know, not being able to use cellular cameras because the government thinks that, you know, they're impacting, they're getting a lot of pressure from fair chase and all that, you know, the f we could see cellular cameras end up having to have delay on them, right? And, you know, while we have a little delay, it's not it's not ridiculous, but we're not trying to have it be that the camera, you know, sends you a picture and you know that, hey, I should turn around and look over my left shoulder because here he comes, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. You know, that's not the sporting idea of what we want here, right? What we're trying to help with is some intel to narrow down maybe what the pattern of the deer is or where he tends to spend what time on certain days with wind directions or whatever it may be to give the hunter a better chance. But the reality is we're not trying to have a camera shoot a deer for somebody. So yeah. um, the, the intel that comes out of the cutting link system is super valuable, but there's no doubt the hunter still has got to apply his own skills and interpret that data to be able to get a strategy together to be successful. And that's what, you know, trying to find that balance is, is what we're looking for, to help them out but yet uh, not make it so that the deer doesn't, you know, they, they're a lot smarter than we think. So uh, we need the intel, but the reality is, you know, there's a limit on how far you push across that line. Yeah. Uh, real quick question. Does that main camera 
or the hub that sends the picture, does it also take pictures too? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, when we when uh, we originally came out, we had a model that did not, and then we offered one that did. Uh, but since then, we've come out. All the units right now um, have uh, a camera in them. You know, there is some advantage with having one that doesn't take pictures. Then guys feel less uh, worrisome about putting it somewhere where they know they're going to have good service, regardless of what the kind of pictures they may get. And so. You know, you never know. We may bring that back at some point. But if we did, we would always still have a unit that also could take pictures. Because yeah. in reality, you know, how a user, uh, you know, you see quite a variety. I mean, our cameras can have up to 24 cameras on one system. And, you know, we have guys that have one cell camera, and that's all they want. And we've got guys that have three cameras for their, you know, 40 acres. Then we've got guys that have 24 camera systems covering who knows what. And so... You know, we're not trying to limit, uh, we want the users to be able to use the system any way that makes sense for them, uh, whatever their investment level can be, whatever whatever intel they're trying to gain. And so the more flexible we can make that, the better. So, yeah, we'll always have a unit that's cellular that will uh, also take pictures. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the cost um, of this because, it, uh you know, on top of the cameras, we're starting to pay monthly fees for the service through the cell phone companies or the, the cellular plans uh, and, and and things like that. So kind of walk us through what is the cost of the, the, the hub camera, the main camera, uh, each individual camera after that, and then the, the, maybe the cost of a cell plan or a package and then per camera if there are fees for that as well. Sure. So um, when you look at a Cuddy Link camera, you know, Cuddy Beck is known for taking good quality pictures, quarter second trigger speed, you know, 20 megapixel. And, you know, we still believe in, uh, in high quality photos. And so the cameras have been designed to do that. There's flash technology that we have patents on that also help for nighttime photos. And, you know, let's just generally say that a camera is going to be about $200. Now, of course, you know, we're going to work every day, all day, trying to make the maximum uh, image quality camera for as low a price as possible to assist the end user in, you know, being able to afford what the system can do for them. Um, that includes the cellular camera. It's going to be in that $200 range. Um, where we, when we get to the plans, is where, you know, no doubt, uh, you know, we have some, some opportunity for savings because, you know, as I stated, with having these remote cameras that send their pictures back to the home camera, and with the design of last year's uh, Cuddy Link, which we called Gen 2, you know, we now can have 24 cameras on a system sending pictures, and so 23 remote cameras sending back to the cell camera, that camera also taking pictures, and we're getting pictures from 24 cameras. Um, because of that, you know, we offer three plans. There's a 750-image plan per month. There's a 2,000-image plan per month, and then there's an unlimited images plan. We also offer uh, an overage or extra images plan, where if you were to go over a month or two and the deer are more active, uh, you can pay a small uh, fee and pick up more pictures along the way so your camera doesn't stop sending. Um, but with that, you know, when you break down the per camera cost on that side of things, there's nobody that, um, 
you know, can compete with what we're doing. Um, I'm not going to name names, but let's say that, you know, somebody has eight cameras from a competitor and they're in the, you know, 80 some dollar per month range of, you know, paying the fees. That same user on a Cuddy Link system could have 24 cameras, um, all paying, you know, at a maximum paying $40 per month and getting intel from three times the number of cameras. Yeah. Now, you know, there's differences with each system. So I'm not saying that everyone should go out and buy Cuddy Link because depending on what your goals are and objectives, then they their system may do some things we can't do that would be more advantageous for the user. And if that's the case, that's what they should buy. Um, but no doubt if someone's trying to have, you know, multiple cameras and, you know, address things like you pointed out already that, hey, you don't have to have cell service in all areas and, hey, I need to minimize my monthly uh, photo plan, you know, data plan costs on the cellular side. That's how you can do that is, is through CuddyLink. That's the strength that we bring to the table. So, um, but, you know, each brand has got uh, their own strengths and weaknesses and, you know, but those are the things that are, are positive on our side. Yeah. Okay. So with that said then, um, we're talking about uh, being able to, you know, cover an area like a blanket pretty much if, if you do it right. Obviously, you know, deer know how to sneak around or animals know how to sneak around and stuff. Um, is there any tips or tactics or because um, you guys have had this Cuddy Link system out for quite a while now. Um, is there any type of uh, tactics or tricks or tips that you are recommending to your end users that are going to help them maximize this this functionality of this link system? Yeah, you know, I'm going to spend time on the cellular side because that seems to be where most people's interest is at this point. But, uh, you know, the Cuddy Link is going to work best. You place the cellular unit, you know, in the center of the property. Obviously, as we've discussed, it's critical to have that have cellular connectivity because if it's not connected, it's not going to send. So assuming you can get this uh, cell unit in the center more um, and have good cellular connection, now you pay a place for remote cameras going out uh, from it. So, like, imagine a wheel where the center is the is the hub and then the remote cameras are the spokes out there further. Um, that's a great setup. We're not going to any of the cameras, obviously, right, because it's going to send us the pictures via email or text and or text uh, or online. Um, and so, you know, that's a very efficient way to set up the Cuddy Link system. It's going to minimize the links between the cameras. It's going to give them the best coverage uh, for the property. And, you know, now you're going to go out and, and work the trail camera just as you would a conventional trail camera, right? So scrapes and trails and, you know, food areas, um, those are the areas where you're going to hang the cameras and get that intel. And, you know, by having these multiple remote cameras and being able to afford it because you have just the one cell plan, you know, you're going to get a fair amount of intel. Last year, I referenced a larger buck on one of the properties that I hunted uh, you could see, because we have quite a few cameras on that, um, you know, 80-acre piece, you could see the path. We have 14 cameras on there. You could see the kind of the path that this buck was taking. He would show up, you know, on one end, and he would walk through the middle, and he would circle back around. He'd go out the other way, and you would see the pictures kind of follow that sequence um, every, you know, almost every day, uh, really. 
wasn't every day, but um, he would show up on kind of the same cameras, same times. He might miss one or two, but the reality was he was catching most of them. And, um, you know, he just wasn't doing it during the daylight, so we didn't have any strategy to go out there and try and shoot him. Um, but he was definitely following the same path all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, we we have – we have these, you know, the conditions, you know, like fog and, and things like that. Um, are there, uh, are there, uh, where you talked about the hindrance of it Are what would be the best possible weather scenario or scenario for these, for these to like function at the highest level? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the cameras function in all weather, uh, you know, we've got guys that leave them out all year. And so, you know, uh, even some of my personal cameras last winter were out and here in Wisconsin in Northern Wisconsin, where one of the sets was, I think we were getting, you know, minus 28, you know, uh, degree wind chills and, you know, very low temperatures and the cameras were still sending. So, you know, I want to be careful because the cameras can work through pretty much anything. It's just going to be dictated on how the radio stuff works, right? So, as I said, if a lot of guys uh, or ladies put their cameras out this time of year, uh, kind of in lieu of, you know, upcoming hunting season, and so if I'm going and setting up a network now, more than likely due to the humidity and due to the the greenery, um, I'm going to have to account by the cameras being maybe a little closer together, uh, as of right now, but if I set the cameras and I follow the guidelines and they're operational, uh, by the time we get to, uh, late October, early November, the, the system will have been fine tuned to where it's performing at its all time best. And, you know, and that's obviously important when, you know, that's your hunting time and, you know, you may have like, just like Mark Cuddy back in the day, you have limited vacation time and limited time to get out to the property. And, you know, we all have other things, right. With whether it's family commitments or whether it's jobs, obviously uh, all these kind of things that factor into your time in a field. And so, you know, to have the system performing at its peak when you both need it, uh, I think that's pretty critical. Um, and so, you know, you set the system and, and like I said, you know, when it was winter time, okay, now we have no leaves, but we have the the cold or whatever it may be attacking the system. You know, there there are things that we can do to kind of allow a user to have cameras out all year long, get you know intel on their property all year long, and see the different kinds of animals moving throughout the year. It's it's really not that difficult. You just have to you know kind of be aware of what impact those things have throughout the year and and adjust accordingly. Gotcha. All right. Um, the next question I have for you is, is does, does Cuddy Link uh, and, and Cuddy Back offer an app that you can download where you can go and, and check? Or do you have to log into a website or are they emailed or text to you? How do you get notifications that you have these pictures? Yeah, so when we started this process with cellular, uh, we offered two ways you could view the pictures. You could you'd set up an email and have an email to you, or you could have them text message to you, or you could do both. And up to ten users, you could actually have up to ten people getting the pictures. And you know the way the system was designed was it was it was easy. It would it would actually the, the cell camera would 
would get the pictures collected from the remotes, and then it would send them. And when we sent them, we did not bring them internal to uh, to look at them or do anything with them. They literally went from the camera to the end user. Um, and so now, uh, you know, as we've kind of continued this process, people have more expectations about things they want to do with the pictures. And so uh, last year we brought out a, uh, a web portal that we have access where the, pe- the people can go into that system and view them online. And what happens is that that allows them to organize, categorize the pictures. So if they want to go in there and say, hey, here's a, these are my three-year-old deer, and these are my four-year-old deer, and these are my five-year-old deer, I, I want to make a, a special customization for the deer I call Scrappy or whatever it is that they want to do, they can do that. And so that created some more tools. Now, the reality is those pictures come into that system a, a shade slower because now we do have to bring the pictures in uh, into the server system and and parse them, right? And so it's a shade slower, but they have more flexibility. Um, and as things would have it, we've got the app that we're bringing out uh, this year. It'll be out this summer. Uh, the users won't have to do anything other than download the app, and then they'll be able to start using them, and it'll supply a similar functionality to the website where they would be able to manage their devices and change settings and do things like that and view their pictures and eventually classify the pictures. Um, and so, you know, there's the reality is we want to make uh, viewing of the pictures very flexible for the end user. So if they're a guy that likes them by email, great. If they're a guy that works out remote, you know, where the hunt is a little more remote, maybe a text message comes through, but the email may not, great, they have that opportunity. If they're a guy that likes the simplicity of an app where he just opens it up and everything's right there, then they'll have that, you know, available to them as well. So whatever we can do to make it easier easier and have a better user experience, that's that's what we're aiming for. Perfect. Perfect. Now let's talk about who your demographic is, right? Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, who your uh, end user is, and if there's a you know if there's a guy and he's he listens to this and he's thinking about, oh man, I I want to upgrade to a cell camera system, or I want to you know take advantage of the you know this high functionality type uh, system that you have. What do you need to say to him to get him to jump on board and, and give Cuddy, Cuddy Link and, and Cuddy back a, tr- a try? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously it's a technological product, right? And so not everybody is uh, technology inclined. And so I would say that if you look at the demographic, you know, we probably are, you know, garnering uh, folks that are, I don't know, let's call it 55 and younger. Now, that would be, you know, nothing is a hard rule, right? Because we definitely have some folks that are quite a bit older, but they embrace technology. They have smartphones and they like to play with that kind of stuff and they view it as a challenge. And that's, that's perfect. Um, you know, really the system is workable for anyone. Uh, you, they have to follow a few simple rules. Number one, they got to make sure the cellular unit's connected to the cellular network. Otherwise, they're not going to get any of their pictures. Uh, number two, they got to make sure the remote cameras are talking to the home camera, right? Because otherwise, they're not get those pictures. If they can do that, and if they can understand, you know, how to utilize a phone or a computer enough to where they can pull up the pictures, it really can be for anyone. 
And there's a number of health, helpful uh, ways to get assistance when they're struggling. We have a technical support you know, line just like everybody, and they can call in Monday through Friday at normal business hours. They can email that support group as well. But we also have a number of uh, social media um, you know, pages that are out there that are there for support. And so they can basically get assistance 24 seven. And, you know, the only thing I would tell you is that, you know, we all have cellular phones. They don't work all the time, hundred percent perfectly. We've come to live with that and work around it. These cameras will be the same where most of the time they're going to work great, but every once in a while there may be a hiccup. And what I would say to people is, Hey, you just got to be a little patient. Um, you know, we can always figure out what's causing the issue and work through that, but you may need to reach out and we may figure out that yeah, Verizon or whoever was having, you know, a little bit of a, a adjustment or service in that area. And that's caused uh, a delay in the pictures coming through, but you know, they always figure it out and it comes back online and um, you know, Cuddyback's going to have things that we're doing that, that will assist with more tools or, you know, we'll spend more time working on things. But at the end of the day, you're, you know, it is technology. So somebody's going to have a problem sometime, somewhere, whether it's self-inflicted, whether an animal uh, beat up the camera, whether, uh, you know, there's just a ton of things that can happen. But if you're patient, then you get on the phone with us or you reach out through one of the other ways to get a hold of us. Uh, no doubt we can work through it with the end user to make sure they're taken care of. Perfect. Well, um, if people want to find out more information about Cuddy Back and the Cuddy Link system, uh, where should they go to find out this information? Uh, yeah, they can go to uh, cuddyback.com, C-U-D-D-E-B-A-C-K. Uh, the website certainly houses a fair amount of data, or you can go to Cuddy Back Digital on Facebook or Cuddy Back Digital on Instagram. And, uh, you know, certainly there's other Facebook pages, some groups that we're, so if they search uh, social media for Cuddy Back, they'll see some additional groups out there. Um, no doubt they can uh, jump on there. They can ask questions. They will see end users post some pictures. They can see samples uh, on the website. Obviously, they can see the product availability. And if they were to uh, be of interest and have more questions, they certainly can call into the support line or they can message us on Facebook. And, uh, you know, we'll jump in and help them as they want to learn more and make sure they understand what the system can or cannot do for them. Perfect. Well, Dan, I appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, you know taking some time out of your day to hop on and educate us about uh, the product and the brand, and uh, good luck this upcoming season. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the time, and uh, no doubt, good luck to you and the rest of the hunters that are all listening uh, to the show, and anything we can do to help, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. 